Well, Razorback fans, KJ Jefferson enters into the transfer portal for real this time. So how are we going to remember KJ at Arkansas? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as there is a lot of things to get to here today on the show. We'll give you a transfer portal update for the Razorbacks and also talk a little Razorback basketball and what was a weird, not really overly exciting, fun, enjoyable win over Lipscomb and Little Rock, North Little Rock. We'll talk about that here in a second. But the big news that at least happened over the weekend is that KJ Jefferson, for real this time, officially entered into the transfer portal. It was announced on his Instagram, as well as some uh, people with On3 that he kind of partnered with. And he made it known and made it clear that he is going to be moving on into the transfer portal somewhere else. Now, I thought it was pretty interesting where 24-7 sports, they do a really good job of kind of rating out the transfer portal and giving almost like the same way they do high school recruiting ranks. They rank the players at the particular position when they're in the portal and where they actually end up being. And it's crazy, or at least I thought it was crazy. Maybe some of you will disagree. But KJ Jefferson was actually listed as the 20th best quarterback in the transfer portal. Um, it's kind of a crazy thing to think about. You know, all things considered about this last year, yeah, it's been pretty bad. But knowing the type of career that he had at Arkansas and the type of um uh, excitement that he brought at times and some of the big plays that he had at times, you know, it just was crazy to think that he's now leaving, but uh, considering all the records that he broke, he's not even a top 10 quarterback in the transfer portal, but we'll see where he ends up. I know that there's a lot of talk about the possibilities. Maybe he ends up at Mississippi state or Auburn, South Carolina, whatever, but he's going to get a power five gig. And whenever he goes, it's going to be, expected that he's going to be the starter. But it's crazy to think that he is no longer with the Razorbacks, even though he ended up being the program's all-time leading passer with 7,923 yards. Also, the all-time leading touchdowns in passing, 67 touchdown passes. Uh, the record for most touchdowns accounted for with 88 touchdowns. Uh, Basically, the biggest stats that you could have as a quarterback at any given school, K.J. Jefferson owns all those records. And it's a wild thing to kind of think about where if some quarterback broke every major record as a quarterback in a respective school, how would those players be remembered by those schools themselves? A lot of places it probably remembered as one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play at that respective school. Sometimes it would be remembered as a guy that just every single season you could count on him inside the system 
that was provided for by the coaching staff or whatever, to have numbers like that is going to be something that's remembered and probably not broken for a very, very long time. Or in this particular case with KJ Jefferson, it's going to be remembered as, yeah, he was pretty good, but not iconic. And think back to the quarterbacks that were in positions to where they either had the record previously held or that they were at least in the mix of the record. And what I mean by that is being, you know, a couple touchdowns short or, you know, a few hundred yards short, whatever it may be. And it's maybe it's the newness. Maybe it's because of the way the seasons went. Maybe it's because it's happening right now. But folks, my opinion is, well, first off, I love KJ Jefferson. Like people who listen to this podcast know I'm a huge fan of KJ Jefferson. And this is not a slight or an insult against KJ Jefferson at all. But when I think of some of the all-time quarterbacks at Arkansas, and people will come up to me and say, you know what? Hey, list list your top three quarterbacks in Razorback history. KJ Jefferson's not going to be one of them. At least not in my top three. I talked about it this past summer. I think it was in the summer. At least before the year started that I had KJ Jefferson originally as a, I think it was my number three. And what he could do to move himself into being number one. And the type of year that he would have to have in 2022 or 2023 to be able to justify me having him as the number one quarterback of all time. Obviously, none of that happened. But as time went on, and I kind of started to see from KJ and, and the fact that he's he is moving on, one of the things he needed was iconic moments and iconic games or iconic seasons or all the above. There need to be something iconic about KJ. And comparatively speaking to some of the other guys, like a Ryan Mallett, like a Matt Jones, like a Tyler Wilson, like a Quinn Grovey, like a, you know what some of these other guys that people will at least remember here in the modern history, or even if you just take the SEC history. It's really hard for me to point to something that, what like what is KJ going to be known for? Historically, even though he has all the records, even though he was consistent, especially in his first two years as the starter, even though he gave a lot to the Razorback faithful, which again, this isn't an insult towards him at all. But when you just compare it to some of the other quarterbacks, like you don't really have that type of iconic, legendary moment, game, or season for KJ Jefferson. You know, in 2021, a lot of that season was chalked up to Traylon Burks, and rightfully so. Traylon Burks was the best player on the team. I would even make the argument that in most cases, when they stepped on the field, he was the best player on the field, no matter who was on the other side of it. So that covered up a lot of that. But then in the next year, in 2021, or 2022, KJ was good, but KJ also had some of those injuries that he had to deal with. But a lot of that was chalked up to Rocket Sanders, because Rocket Sanders rushed for over 1,400 yards and had 10 touchdowns and was healthy and consistent and everything. And then we all know about what happened this past year. But the point is, these other quarterbacks that we think about, in most cases, when they stepped out on the field, they were the best player out there. 
Like when Ryan Mallett stepped out on the field, in so many cases, he was the best player out there for the Razorbacks, best player on the team. Now, Matt Jones, kind of the same thing. And maybe not best is the way to put it, but maybe the most important piece. So many cases, that was what those guys were. But with KJ, he just never had those moments. He never had those games. And it's unfortunate because I think there were opportunities there. I think there were close calls. I think that, you know, if you think back to what, like, just for me personally, what, what game am I going to remember KJ the most for? And we're all going to have our different answer to this. But it's like, what game am I going to remember KJ Jefferson most for? And to be honest, folks, to me, it's that Ole Miss game that they actually lost on the road in Oxford in 2021. KJ had six total touchdowns in that game. He was running. He was passing. He made clutch play after clutch play. Uh, you know, he did the Superman thing into the end zone. Like that game right there to me was the quintessential KJ Jefferson big time performance, big time game. Holy crap, this guy is next level. But Arkansas ended up losing. And other than that game, it's not to say he didn't have good times and good showings and good stats and everything. But there was just never a game like that really ever again. Where it was a back and forth game and he made the plays and you know he made the drives and it was a game of consequence and it was a game against a rival, it was a game, you know, whatever. Just didn't really go that way. And it was frustrating to see. But I will say, and ending on this note, because I feel like probably people are thinking I'm crapping on KJ Jefferson, which I'm not. And I'm not trying to make him out to be something that he's not. Because again, I wish him nothing but the best of luck wherever he goes. And I have no animosity towards him. I have no issues with him. And I just hope that wherever he goes, he ends up being highly successful, uh, except for when he plays Arkansas, if he ends up playing Arkansas. Like, that's how I feel. But it was disappointing that the greatest moment of K.J. Jefferson came in a loss, and I think that kind of sums up how a lot of Razorback fans are going to feel about K.J. Jefferson. The greatest things they'll remember about K.J. was in times of struggle, was in times of losing, was in times of frustrations, was in times of like, yeah, that was really good, but it didn't matter in the end. Man, that game you had, it was awesome. Didn't matter in the end. That play you made where you threw people off of you didn't matter in the end. That bowl game that you won against Kansas was great, but it didn't matter in the end. The great things about KJ and the great moments from KJ for the Razorback team in general, it didn't matter in the end. And that's how I'm going to view it. I hope wherever he goes, he ends up having a great amount of success. And who knows, maybe where he ends up going, he finally gets a fit for him that can turn him into a next-level player that I know he's striving to be. But it's time. It's time for KJ to move on. It's time for Arkansas to move on. And, you know, we'll see where it plays out. But, you know, I appreciate him being a Razorback. I appreciate what he did for Arkansas. I appreciate him staying at Arkansas when he could have easily left before. But, you know, I still think this is one of those times where it's not necessarily just him Wanting to leave, it might have been a mutual thing, especially with the changing of offenses and all that. But I will appreciate what he did for Arkansas. And I will respect the fact that he is the record holder for Arkansas quarterback. But am I going to sit here and try to convince anybody that he's the greatest Razorback quarterback to ever play for the Razorbacks? 
Nah, I'm not going to do that. Should have seen a lot more and should have had a lot more than what it has. And again, it's not even just KJ's fault. So I'm not just blaming KJ. A lot of it's coaching, a lot of it's, you know, play calling, whatever. But it's just the reality. There's not that iconic feeling. There's just great feelings that ended up being for Dot in the end. That's how I view it. Folks, we'll talk about Razorback basketball here in just a second. But first, passion, drive, and patience. What just brings home the game-winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits to LED headlights and so much more. Whether you're in the speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need and all the prices you want, it's easy to turn into your car, the MVP, and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available for U.S. customers. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, Arkansas basketball. We know... Uh, roughly a week ago, they took a shellacking in Tulsa against Oklahoma in what was a very frustrating game, which made Arkansas sit at 6-4, and four, a lot of uncertainty surrounding it, and they were just trying to find some sort of way to get back on the winning track. And as we talked about last week on the podcast, Keon Minifield, the Razorback guard that had been you know, out of the rotation, just couldn't play because of eligibility issues, was granted a waiver. And now he's finally ready to play. And that being said, Arkansas was taking on Lipscomb in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena. Now, this game was interesting. I was there in person, and I know I ran into a lot of you who listen and watch the podcast every day. So I really appreciate it. And it was good to talk with a lot of you and, and hanging out. But um, there's just a weird game overall, just like it always seems to be whenever the game is in Central Arkansas. It's not an, not an insult, just being honest. But there is definitely a little bit more of energy to see, okay, so how is Arkansas going to work when you have Keon Minifield into the mix? Well, to start the game, first off, the lights weren't working at Simmons Bank Arena fully. They needed 30 minutes to warm up. I didn't know that was a thing. And so it was like the, I guess it wasn't the game lights that were on, but it was like the dim lights that were on. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not a lightician. That's not even a word. I made it up, but I had no idea what was going on. But either way. You, uh, if you were there at the game, it was a little bit of a delay, and they ended up getting it going. So not only did you have a weird start because of the lights, but you also had a weird starting lineup, one we weren't really used to seeing for Arkansas, where you had the starting lineup as Trevin Brazil, okay, 
Debo Davis, okay. Chandler Lawson, okay. But your guards were Joseph Pinion and Jeremiah Davenport in addition to Devo. Uh, Joseph Pinion played two and a half minutes. So he about played all he did in the beginning and then he came out of the game. Didn't even record a single stat. But you had those guys start the game and we saw pretty much every player for the Razorback basketball team, at least on scholarship, play. And it was weird to see some of these times. Like L. Ellis, who has been a guy that I, I was really looking forward to seeing play and, and counting on, and I know the Hogs have been counting on him to get something going, but he played 57 seconds in this game. 57 seconds. Uh, Dennis J. Harris even played eight seconds in this game. But then after that, check this out. Yeah, Tremont Mark played 30 minutes, which makes sense because Tremont Mark's always got a lot of time. But Makai Mitchell, 18 minutes. Layton Blocker, 20 minutes. Keon Minifield, 19 minutes. Jalen Graham, 15 minutes. Kayla Faddle, only 10 minutes in this game. Chandler Lawson, seven and a half minutes. Like it was just a hodgepodge of minutes and timing and everything. And so that was the uh, another weird factor into this. But I get it because Mus is trying to figure out rotations, trying to figure out this team, and trying to figure out what works, and they're going to just keep coaching them the way that they've always coached. But Arkansas ended up winning the game. 69 to 66. That was the final score. Now, there's zero reason why it should have been that close. Because, folks, Arkansas was up 20 points in this game. They were up 20 points with about eight minutes to go, less than eight minutes to go. And Lipscomb went on a 17-0 run, 17 to nothing scoring run to cut it to one point in the game at, one, at a point in time and had chances at the end of the game with wide open looks from three to possibly win it or to possibly tie it. It didn't go in, but still Arkansas ended up getting the victory. Arkansas shot 52% from the field, 33% from three, and 50% from the free throw line. They shot eight free throws. Lipscomb only shot nine, so, I mean, it, it wasn't like, oh, it was just this free throw uh, competition, which I at least appreciate the officials for letting them play for the most part. But it just it just is a win that you'll take and you'll always appreciate and you'll always have, but it doesn't make me feel good, and I don't even think it makes Must feel good. You blow a 20-point lead in front of a home crowd against a very poor team in Lipscomb. They were not a good team. If you were there and you watched them, and I was there on the sidelines from the press, and like just seeing them play, it's like they're not good compared to what Arkansas has talent-wise and everything. They're not good, but you let them storm back. You let them come back into the game, and... It's just wants you wants you to pull your hair out. It's like even when it's supposed to be easy, it can't be easy. And so now Arkansas seven and four. They got two non-conference games left in this slate, and then SEC play starts up. And now I've always been somebody that felt like, okay, you know, you can have guys like you know, we'll figure this out. Arkansas figured out, Muscle figured out. I still have trust, which I do. I still have faith that it can be figured out. But when it comes to like any sort of reasoning to have to, that this team is going to figure it out or that they're going to be fine or that they're going to be good. I am fresh out. I am fresh out. 
Like Devo Davis defensively does just doesn't look the same at all. Jermon Mark, who's who's a lot, he's supposed to be a lockdown defender. He just doesn't look the part defensively. I mean, they were getting beat off pick and roll. Like it was nothing. And so it's just the lack of consistency is just what's made this team so frustrating to watch at times. And I really don't have an answer for it. Like, would I be surprised if Arkansas made it to the NCAA tournament and make a run? No, not at all. But right now, at this point, would I be surprised if Arkansas finished like ninth or 10th in the SEC again? No. They're just not a good basketball team right now. It can't be fixed. It can be okay. They can figure it out. But right now, they're just not a good team. They're not consistent enough. They can't count on certain guys enough. They got to figure this thing out. You'll take the win. But again, how are you supposed to feel good about it? Do you feel good about it? Because I don't. I don't at all. But long season ahead. Maybe they'll continue to figure it out. But not the most fun and enjoyable game experience that anyone had in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena. We'll give you some portal updates and a lot more coming up next on Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, a little transfer portal update for all of you on the side of things for football and what happened on the weekend and some visits and everything. And, um, you know, not a whole lot of uh, stuff going on necessarily because we did talk about Danico Slaughter was the last update that we gave. And, of course, we just mentioned K.J. Jefferson and uh, what he's been uh, able to do when it comes to him going to the next level. But uh, a few updates. So Arkansas did get another offensive lineman transfer from San Diego State. Uh, he's a redshirt junior offensive tackle, Fernando Carmona. And he is 6'5", 314 pounds. He, in the transfer portal, uh, was the number six offensive tackle in the transfer portal currently, and the number 141 player overall. Good enough for me. If you're the, you're the sixth best offensive tackle in the portal, that's good for me. Um, what's crazy about it is I, I didn't realize this since I was looking at 247 Sports. He was recruited as a tight end coming out of high school. And he's from the state of Nevada. He's actually from New Vegas, so that's fun. But uh, he officially committed to Arkansas. We know how Arkansas needs offensive linemen. And if you told me that, hey, Arkansas is about to get the sixth best uh, tackle, offensive tackle out of the portal, I'm taking it. And depth is the most important thing without question. Um, also, another player that committed to Arkansas was a kicker slash punter. And guess where he's from? Hawaii. That's right, Hawaii. He went to Hawaii, and he's actually originally from Texas, but it's Matthew Shipley, which I keep wondering when I saw that. I was like, man, I wonder if he's related to the Shipleys that have been very known in Texas. Uh, was it Jordan Shipley? Because I feel like the Shipleys are just, it's a name. It's a name there in Texas. But uh, he officially announced his uh, commitment to the Razorbacks, and we know that with Cam Little leaving, they're going to need some some guys to come into the mix there too. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's moving the needle for a lot of people, but still something to look for. But also uh, another offensive lineman uh, has not committed just yet, but is uh, Addison Nichols, who's the Tennessee interior offensive lineman. He had an official visit this past weekend, and uh, he is actually, this is what's kind of cool. So he's 6'5", 327 pounds, so he'd probably be a guard or center. 
But when out of high school, he was a four-star player, and he was actually the number eight interior offensive lineman in the country coming out of high school. And he was also the number 19 player in the state of Georgia. You know, all those Georgia connections, man. We all know where that comes from. But uh, we'll see if... uh, We'll see what happens and see if he ends up, you know, committing to Arkansas. I know that's a big one, but there's also some other guys that they're trying to get into the mix. You know, possibly uh, another guy from off, uh, an offensive lineman from USC. Actually, I'm going to look up his name real quick because I, I thought I had it typed out and everything, but it's not there. Um, I was laughing because my guy Josh Braun was, you know, retweeting. I'm trying to get him to, to get here. It's, uh, yeah, my, Michael Tarquin, who uh, is a transfer out of uh, USC, and he just went into the transfer portal over the weekend. And so uh, there's a lot of Florida connections there, too, from the state of Florida, that is. So I know Josh Braun's going to be doing his thing. But they're trying to find some guys that can help out on the offensive line, which is great. I mean, that's what they need. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, but, man, these guys are just difference makers right, right off the bat. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Ah, forget all the other ones that they have. It's going to be so much better. I'm all about depth. I'm all about depth. I'm all about experience. I'm all about quality. And I think that Arkansas is at least adding depth. They're adding experience. And the quality part is going to be up to this coaching staff to be able to develop and make sure that they fit. But they're addressing their needs. I still want to see some linebackers, folks. That's what I want. I want linebackers. It's great to have some DBs. It's great to have offensive linemen for sure. I need linebackers and more offensive linemen. Do that for me. Because at every other position, I feel fine at. I'm feeling amazing, but I feel fine. But until I see more of the offensive line and linebackers get addressed, I'm not going to feel good about any of this at this point in time, but either way, appreciate you all listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.